football, baby. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Smackdown. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And joining me on the podcast today as we take a look back at some of our amazing 2021 preseason predictions, I got Addison Hayes back in the house from DLF. How's it going, Addison? Awesome, man. Yeah, uh, thank you for asking me to come back on here and talk about my terrible 2021 NFL predictions. Um, I'm sure this is just going to be a, a laughing stock of an episode of everybody laughing at us for being really bad at predicting the NFL. <laughs> Dude, I I mentioned this like when we did the show preseason, I say it every year probably, but like I was doing like this type of stuff. Like I jot down like my predictions for like division winners or like certain things, like even before I was doing a podcast and I, I thought it was fun. I was just like kind of look back when it's on the record though. And like other people can hear it. It's just like, it's, it's all, it's a little cringe where they listen back. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I definitely challenge anybody. Like if you think we're bad at this, try it next year. Um, you know, it's not as easy as you would think, uh, even just what, five, six months removed, uh, from, uh, from the preseason. But Correct. anyway, man, so it's been a while since you and I've connected. Uh, but before we get too far along, uh, what have you been up to, man? What kind of content are you guys putting out there over at DLF? I just, you know, there's no off season, right? So, uh, what have you been up to? There is no off season. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, uh, continuing to work the DLF YouTube channel. That's been my baby, my pride and joy. Uh, so we drop content uh, Monday through Friday. And then uh, now we're starting to drop on Saturday. Uh, Cal Shoemake at Calvin and Hobby is dropping a really cool new uh, like interviewee kind of show. But it's actually like informative for fantasy, like talking through processes and um, identifying truths versus myths and stuff. So I had the privilege of being the first guest for that one uh, that dropped last Saturday. And He's interviewing Matt Waldman tonight for episode two. So um, it's going to be a really good series from what I've heard from him. But yeah, the DLF YouTube channel um, and DLF, which is now a part of BetSperts mm-hmm. after that news. So uh, we're, we're really excited about all of the new uh, avenues and opportunities that we as DLF have now uh, being a part of the BetSperts umbrella with 4 for 4 and Fantasy Life. And um, it's, it's going to be fantastic. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Walden was trying to get on this show, but I was like, nah, it's cool, man. I got Addison Hayes coming on. I don't need you tonight. Um, yeah, I, I think I caught, I caught that because you were talking about uh, your legendary and uh, AJ Green versus Amari Cooper take, right? Is mm-hmm. that what that show was on, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, yep. The OGs remember the oh. AJ Green, Amari Cooper debate of Dude, 2017. That that was, that was fun times. I think that was... One of, that was around the time I first met you, so that was definitely one of those mm-hmm. things. Like, oh yeah, it's that it's that kid. Um, you well, know. I was like a month into me joining the industry. <laughs> like, I literally like I said to myself, I was like, my Twitter account is going to be fantasy football focused, and I joined Dynasty Football Factory. And then, like a month later, I began this like massive, like we like multiple weeks on end debate <laughs> of just pure chaos but (laughs) dude and the thing was like i remember uh i I just there were many other reasons but like i was definitely like on your side because at the time especially like i was like team old dude right like i was like screw all this young youth like get these rookies out of my face i'm Uh just gonna win some leagues and then you know banners hang forever right that's like my was my mentality 
I've definitely adjusted my dynasty strategy a bit here and there because you know sure. I know that yeah, some I know in some of those teams are a little too hammer on the on the vets and then like a year later I'm like oh god like I got nothing left <laughs> left here right so um, but I think there's a balance you can catch there but I do remember that I thought and I saw the uh, clip you guys posted uh, mm-hmm. mentioning that so I was like oh okay that's a flash you know <laughs> that's a, that's that takes you back just a bit you know so. I tried to find the original tweet um, but I couldn't I don't know what happened or. Or um, if like the the because I remember it was in response to a poll mm. and uh, so I like quote tweeted the poll. So if that tweet went away, then I think my original tweet then would mm. go. I don't know. I don't know how that would work, but I couldn't find it. But I found uh, a whole bunch of other conversations around <laughs> it. And it was uh, it was fun to scroll through some of that stuff from gosh, that was that's basically coming up on five years ago now. Yeah, which is insane. Yeah, it's uh, and I mean that that kind of gives you like a, it's a good leeway or headway into this discussion a little bit too because I I mean sometimes I look I like looking back at stuff like you know either like rookie drafts just from last year or like two three years ago what dynasty mm-hmm. rankings look like uh, Ryan, Ryan McDowell does a does, does a great job of always kind of doing like this is what the top ten was and you know twenty thirteen like oh my god like no. <laughs> what were we thinking uh, so <laughs> oh that's that's always entertaining uh, at minimum but. Um, before we get too far along too, how did, I know it seems like forever, but how did 2021 treat you, uh, from a fantasy dynasty perspective? Uh, any lessons learned, I guess, uh, on that front? Uh, yeah, my lesson was not to draft Allen Robinson and Robert Woods in like every league. That was the lesson that I yeah. learned a little bit of diversification would have helped for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, pro- it did really feel like one of the worst fantasy seasons I've had in a long time. Last year I was like 2020 actually turned out to be like a really good year for me. So I think it was just kind of like regression, you know, just yeah. kind of back and it just swung a little bit too far in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, you know, I had a, I had a championship opportunity. It didn't win. It got blown out, um, but that didn't really matter at, at the end of it. And um, <laughs> a couple other dynasty leagues, you know, I'm in, I'm in different directions in some of those as well, but um yeah, it wasn't that great, but gotcha. um, it was still fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hey, that's what it's all about, man. I know it, it, you have those good years, you have those bad years, and it, you know you just got to take them as they come. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just because you know you look down, you look at your uh, dynasty rosters, like, oh, I have a lot of rebuilds for whatever reason here or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of going this direction, and uh, so yeah, sometimes that has to be accounted for too. But now, good to hear. Definitely glad to have you back on here. Just dive right into this thing. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do the. Uh, we'll take a look at the division winners, um, and then uh, we had what was this? Roughly twelve categories or so. Fifteen. I mean, I really was uh, ambitious on this. Uh, Fifteen categories, just a lot of random. Some you know, some fancy relevant category stats and things, and some random ass stuff uh, that I just was able to find stats on and threw it in here. So uh, let's start with the NFC. So. Uh, the division winners, uh, of course, were the Rams, Cowboys, Bucks, and Packers. And Addison, we're going to start off on the right foot here because you nailed it. Four for four uh, mm-hmm. on the division winners. I was one short. I picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the win the West. That was obviously stupid. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you you predicted this thing perfect. So uh, I don't know why I really showed up to this show, but. Um, <laughs> As far as the wild cards go, we had the Cardinals, Niners, and Eagles. Uh, you did pick the Niners as a wild card team, so you nailed it there. Um, mm-hmm. I was 0 for on the wild cards, although I did pick the Rams to at least make the playoffs as a wild card team. So, 
I guess just on the NFC as a whole, what jump, like what was your biggest surprise there? What, which of these teams do you think maybe is also maybe sustainable that maybe we did where they may be a year earlier than you thought? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was, I was really happy to see that I went four for four with uh, predicting the winners. <laughs> Although, you know, I wish I could say that like, they were pretty chalky. I think green Bay and Tampa were pretty chalky mm-hmm. Dallas, maybe a little bit more as well. And then, um, I mean, with the benefit of hindsight, the LA Rams was pretty chalky as well. And <laughs> so I'll go with that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, Seattle not being in there. We both had, you had Seattle obviously as the winner. And then I yeah. had them as a wildcard team. Um, and that turned out to be Arizona instead. And so that one was just kind of a surprise. Of course, Russell Wilson getting hurt definitely didn't help anything. And then when he came back from injury, he wasn't Russell Wilson. So that just hurt everything in, in Seattle. So can't really predict the injuries and whatnot. It would be interesting to see how that team would have done if Russ never got hurt. Um, and then, you know, Philly was the other one that neither one of us even even touched on. No. <laughs> um, which, um, yeah, I, I don't really know what to make of Philly. Like they had a really weird year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the long term answer. I think he is still the answer in 2022, but he's not the long term guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. not. I don't think he's going to sign some big extension. They're just, they might just write out his rookie year for the next uh, or rookie contract for the next two years um, and just keep him cheap there while they build out the rest of the team and then prepare for the quarterback to come in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, every year they say that, what is it like six or seven new teams like come into the playoffs or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then obviously that means six or seven teams that were in the playoffs were no longer in the playoffs. Philly might be one of those teams next year. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I, w- I would be with you. Like on as far as that list goes, if I was predicting a team that wasn't going to make it back, you know, I think as of today, Philly is probably the easier uh, pick there. And so I, I think you're right. Arizona is the one that I will be interested to see next year how they bounce back from a slow end of the season. They, I mean, they were like gangbusters to start the year, and then I don't know what happened unless they were playing the Cowboys, that was pretty disappointing. Um, so we'll see if that, uh, if they can turn it around. But um, I think that that you actually touched on the two things that I was um, going to point to as well. Um, I had, uh, I had the saints and, and the Washington, what, what commanders is that what they're commanders. called now? Oh my God. <laughs> um, making the playoffs. I don't know what I was thinking there, but um, you know, I, I think Washington though was, they were, they, they, it'll be interesting to see what their quarterback situation looks like. New Orleans now, everything's up mm-hmm. in the air with the change over at, uh, at, at the head coach. But as far as Russell Wilson and uh, Hertz, like those are two names that are really interesting to me. I think we'll keep an eye on Russell Wilson's status throughout the offseason if he stays in Seattle. For Hurt, for me, Hertz, like I was approaching him last year as like, hey, if you get one, you're going to get really one really good year out of him in 2021. And anything else on that is just like gravy. But it's looking like that gravy is going to be there at least for 2022. Yeah. And you got to be feeling really good about that if you, you know, invested in them um, or not. So if you were, if you were doing, let's say if you were doing a startup uh, today, are you taking the the younger guy with the risk in Jalen Hurts? Or are you taking the vet that still has a little bit of uncertainty in Russell Wilson? Who would you lean out of those two guys? Oh, geez. Um, I think I would still take Russell Wilson just because of the stability and the security I've I've been in the camp all year long that he's staying in Seattle I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he retires as a Seahawk um the, I know that there's talk about all the uh drama and whatnot between him and Pete Carroll or him and the organization and whatnot and 
I don't know. I just I don't see him as the kind of person that really is going to will his way out of off the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he is on a team, I mean, he's throwing a Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, like how much better of an offense weapon wise can you really get for a quarterback? So I think I would take Russell Wilson um, and then promptly flip him in like week seven after he has <laughs> six really good weeks before yeah. his second half demise that happens like every single year. But yeah, I don't I don't think again, I don't think Jalen Hurts is the is the answer. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna take the longevity in Russell Wilson and, and um that that's actually a really hot take based on startup ADP right now. Jalen Hurts is QB seven and Russell Wilson is QB twelve. Oh really? Wow. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, I couldn't believe the startup <laughs> price for Hertz last year, and I thought that was nuts. I mean, I and I pretty much am gonna just copy and paste my thoughts from last year is like if you get you're gonna get one really good season out of Jalen Hurts in 2022 mm-hmm. because if he's out there fantasy wise he's gonna be good but right. I mean usually when you're taking quarterbacks right and especially young quarterbacks you're like all right I got a piece you know that I can build around and Hurts that thing could turn to dust you know real real quick so I didn't see anything from him la- this last season that would change my mind on that I mean uh, uh, as far as like his longevity I think He's going to be a great fantasy player when he's out there, but I w- I'm with you. I would go with w- Wilson as well and just kind of feel a little bit more secure that, you know, I'm going to at least get two, maybe, you know, three years of really solid production. But I think what you said also is relevant. Like you could probably flip him as soon as he shows that he's Russell Wilson again, pretty quick right. for a lot more than, than even what hurts is probably ceiling is. So for sure. Um the uh, la- last thoughts on the NFC. Obviously, you picked San Francisco to make the playoffs mm. as a wildcard team. They made it. They, they made it, uh, you know, pretty far there, a lot further than people expected. Uh, again, all they had to do was just play Dallas, and then they just advanced around <laughs> two. Um, but uh, what's your thoughts on, like, as far as the, you know, there's news. Jimmy G could get dealt. Um, he's looking to you know, obviously be somewhere that he can play. Um, mm-hmm. From an NFL perspective, he took his team to the freaking ch- uh, championship game. Uh, NFC championship game. Now we're hopefully going to get a look at, at Trey Lance. What's your thoughts on, on that quarterback situation as far as, you know, in San Francisco? Uh, it's, it's definitely Trey Lance. I think it has to be. Um, I know you said that he took his team to the NFC championship and I don't, I don't know how true that <laughs> statement actually is. Okay. You know? He was on the team when it <laughs> went to the, the NFC. Team. He was the starting quarterback for a team that went to the, to the NFC championship, um, which is very much felt like when they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, you know, like, that one game when he had like eight pass attempts because Raheem Mostert had like 30 for 250 and three or something like that. Yeah. Like Garoppolo is the definition of game manager. Like he just doesn't need to lose the game, mm-hmm. but he's not going to help you win the game. You know, he's, he's a solid quarterback and actually fun fact about Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, now that Tom Brady's retired, he is the, uh, the leader in Super Bowl rings. Most Super Bowls among her active players right now. <laughs> No way. Oh, because he was on the because Patriots he backed up because oh he was God. back up to Tom Brady. So oh yeah, he God. currently um I saw that stat on TikTok and I thought that was crazy. But um yeah, I he certainly he's gone. Um mm. honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Pittsburgh as a Steelers fan because um uh anything is better than Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. Um so yeah. uh I wouldn't mind to see it if it was for a good price, obviously not second or third round, like what the Niners paid for him Mm -hmm. um, because that's not what he is anymore. Uh, But he's definitely gone. And the Trey Lance era is really going to begin. And that is going to be a really hot topic for dynasty and fantasy is what do the Niners look like 
with Trey Lance because there's a lot of upside there, but mm-hmm. it's a rushing quarterback. And maybe he doesn't favor Debo as much, or maybe he doesn't favor Kittle as much. Maybe it's Ayuk. I don't really know. We just had like a super small sample size of Trey Lance as the starting quarterback. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a huge topic of discussion all year long. Yeah, they definitely, when Lance was in there, it seemed like, and they, he got that spot start late in the year. And it was kind of, it didn't really feel like they were building the offense around him. It's more like, hey, you're in here for the week and we got to get Jimmy back in here, right? So right. I don't even know what, how much you can take away from that. That, But that is my biggest takeaway, just what you mentioned. Like, I have a lot of Ayuk and Kittle, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, scared to death you know like that is as much as i you know we'd all make fun of jimmy g like he was propping out the you know kittle up especially i think in a lot of a lot of places now kittle's obviously extremely talented so hopefully he'll continue to shine um because we need those tight ends in in dynasty and fantasy football but uh you know hopefully we'll get the fantasy production out of lance he'll keep everybody else status quo enough as far as the pass catchers and and hopefully jimmy g will land in a spot where uh at at minimum, it gives somebody a, a, a solid enough quarterback that you're not, you know, looking at staring down Mason Rudolph or, you know, Drew Locke, uh, for God's sakes, or mm-hmm. whatever Tampa is going to do now. Um, I, I think the quarterback landscape is going to be interesting to watch when you look at, you know, Pittsburgh, Tampa, New Orleans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what do they do? Washington. Washington. It, it's going to be really, really interesting, especially when I'm not a draft expert. I'm just consuming it and I'll spit out some takes later. But <laughs> this quarterback class isn't one to write home about you know, it from what we're here. And so mm-hmm. we really need these sophomore quarterbacks now to, to step up. And then we need some of these other guys like Jimmy G or Jameis to land somewhere and help us out, at least to prop up some of those weapons wherever they land. So, right. It's gonna be right. an interesting year for that. Uh, AFC. Uh, we had the division winners here. You did pretty good on division winners, man. You went seven for eight. That's pretty damn good. Uh, the West uh, East South, and North uh, Kansas City, Buffalo, Tennessee in the South, Cincinnati in the North, um, which <laughs> neither of us even had them making the playoffs. But uh, you and I both, we got the uh, the Chiefs, Bills, and Titans, which I thought was pretty good because I, I know a lot of people, not a lot of people were on Tennessee. Um, it, it was still wasn't crazy prediction, like, you know, out of nowhere, but I know a lot of people were on some of the other, uh, was on Indy, you know, with them getting Carson Wentz. But you, you and I mm-hmm. both went Tennessee. Um, I took Pittsburgh as the North winner. At least they made the playoffs. But other than the than the three division winners and me getting Pittsburgh, we went over the rest of the way. Um, we both had uh, Baltimore, Miami, and then we both had the Browns as well. You had the Chargers. So um, what was the team as far as the Browns, Ravens, Dolphins, and the Chargers? Which one was the most surprising to you that didn't make the playoffs this season? I mean, it has to be Baltimore, right? Uh, which I think was... I want to say largely in part to Lamar Jackson getting hurt, but Tyler Huntley was amazing, you yeah. know, um, and one won the Ravens games where it felt like they shouldn't have won or at least have been in in really high competition with, you know, some really good teams in the NFL with Art Lamar Jackson. Would they have won those games with Lamar? Maybe, maybe not. It's kind of hard to say just because of how well Huntley played, but I think it definitely has to be Baltimore and um, and. It is weird because we did record this, I believe, after both J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards were hurt. Um, definitely after J.K. Yeah, I think yeah we did. We Gus recorded it like we recorded it like a couple of days before the season started. Right. Yeah. So, um, and so the present, the lack of a of a run game presence, you know, it took them a while to figure out who their guy was, and ended up being the ghost of Devonta Freeman. 
Um, and then Lamar Jackson missing time, and there just wasn't a lot of continuity, even though you know Mark Andrews had a career year and was absolutely you know fantastic for fantasy football. Um, Bateman couldn't really get integrated. Sammy Watkins was Sammy Watkins, and um, and Hollywood was about as inconsistent as he always is. So, but but overall, I am surprised that um, Baltimore was not that team, given how bad the Browns were, mm-hmm. and I will say how bad the Steelers were as well, despite them being a playoff team. Somehow, yeah. um, it should have been the Chargers. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you look at like obviously the wild card teams, as you know, in case anyone forgot, you know, was uh, Raiders, Patriots, Steelers. I think that if you like, if you put it kind of everything equal for the moment and like took, um, you know, took out, you know, if everyone's full strength, you know, I think a lot of people would say, you know, the Ravens and Chargers definitely should have been there. Mm-hmm. The Raiders and Steelers being in there is kind of, you know, just seemed like a joke. Well, the um, Patriots too. I mean, yeah, they... I mean, it, that was definitely one where that defense was good enough to get them there. But when you're, it would have been more exciting to see teams like Baltimore or LA, the Chargers in there. Definitely um, the Chargers. We were just, definitely I mean, robbed. <laughs> we were robbed. <laughs> I, I think of some of those matchups. I know that that Kansas City uh, Pittsburgh game uh, was absolutely horrendous. Um, and, and maybe that's the answer here. But of the of the teams that made it this year, which team do you think is is most likely to not return to the playoffs in twenty twenty two? We'll we'll get you on the record here with this with this prediction early. That, that's not the Steelers because uh, the Steelers are the obvious answer. You go, oh, that's fine. I let you go, Chuck. <laughs> Um, I, man, I don't know if, I don't know if the Raiders return. I don't know if the Patriots return either, either those, mm-hmm. just those three, all three wildcard teams are just so <laughs> yes. weird to me. Like they just got in because of circumstances outside their control. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I really would be surprised if next year it's not Baltimore, it's not the chargers. Um, and, and maybe another AFC team kind of rises up in there as well. Mm-hmm. If maybe, they uh, Indianapolis sticks with Carson Wentz or finds a different quarterback or one of the rookie quarterbacks surprises us next year that goes to one of these teams. Um, but I would be really surprised if it's not Baltimore and not the chargers as two of those three um, wildcard teams or, or if mm-hmm. Baltimore is the win- the division winner, then it's Cincinnati is the other one now, sure. you know? So, yeah, yeah I, I think you're all three wildcard teams to me. Just like, uh, how did you guys end up here? You know, like, right. so, it, it, I won't. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of a turn a lot of turnover there, um, and, and we'll see how how that goes. But I think the the AFC was definitely one where you just felt like, man, they could have gone with four teams and would have been okay uh, as far as far as that goes. So they could have just played Kansas City and Buffalo like a best of four or best of three for like that should have been how it went. Um, yeah, and then yeah, that or and then you can th- include Cincinnati in there as well too. Mm-hmm. Um, like they just kind of play some like funky three three person playoff. That would have been a way to go. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been all right. The way this playoff shook out, um, definitely could have gone without the the uh, Pats and Pittsburgh game. That uh, those two games on back to back prime time was not a uh, super duper wild card or whatever they were trying to um, you know phrase that as. That was, it was a little rough to watch uh, mm-hmm. that first opening weekend. But uh, obviously, when we so total. Uh, you hit on eight of the uh, playoff teams, and I hit on uh, was at seven. Uh, so not not uh, not too great one way or the other, but I think we'll just focus more on your NFC there. You nailed it pretty good. Five out of seven is pretty good. Um, you hit on eight. 
Yeah, I hit yeah. on a two. Oh, I guess I guess I was counting. Yeah, I, I now that I looked at it again, yeah. I counted halves for ones that I didn't actually get <laughs> oh, okay, the correct okay, answer okay. on. So I had Pittsburgh in as a North champion, and they got a wild card. But um, neither of us picked the Super Bowl matchup that was obviously predictable of Rams Bengals. We went with uh, I went with Chiefs and Packers ultra chalk and didn't hit. And then you had the Bills and Packers, which was still a great call as well. Um, I wasn't as high on Buffalo as you, so but uh, we're uh, we're over on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have before moving to the categories? Do you have a Super Bowl pick yet? I know we're about a week and a half away. Uh, Rams Bengals, you, you got you favoring one or the other? Uh, the sports books are coming out. I think the Rams are a three or four point favorite, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty in on that. I just think, I mean, the Rams defense and that that. Uh, defensive line. I mean, Aaron Donald's always a problem, but then they added Von Miller and he's just been as as much of an animal as he's always been yeah. back in his like 2015 Denver Bronco days. Like he's absolutely insane. Jalen Ramsey's amazing. And then nobody's stopping Cooper Cup. And <laughs> I definitely not the Bengals secondary, I don't think is going to stop Cooper Cup. Yeah. Um, so I'm in on the LA Rams and, and I am rooting for them strictly because of Matthew Stafford. I just want Matthew Stafford to get his ring after everything that he went through in Detroit. Yeah. Um, and if he gets that ring, I think he's a solidified, he solidifies himself as a hall of famer. Um, I think personally, just because of the stats and you add the ring on top of that as well. So I'm all in on that. And uh, Joe Burrow has like 15 years to get his, all of his <laughs> rings to, yeah. to do all, all that he wants to. Um, Matthew Stafford will be 34 in a few days here. And his time is much more limited. So I'm taking Matthew Stafford here in the yeah. in the first opportunity he has. Yeah, Mike in the chat, uh, he said four and a half point favorite for the Rams mm-hmm. right now. I, I'm taking that too. I'm, I'm with you. I think the Rams all are all around just a better team. Uh, the Bengals have been super fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. It's been a great story. And I'm looking forward to Burrow and Chase and Higgins and that offense for a long, right. you know, for a while. But I they think... have a lot that they can build on as well. Mm. You know, like they they have a lot to improve. They've mm. already made the Super Bowl at this point, and they can improve on so much. That that team could be so good, yeah, for the next decade and just mm. be insane. Yeah, I think if you could make the argument that they were kind of maybe even a year early, like getting there. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think too the Rams and McVeigh, even though it's a different QB, will have learned from some of the things that they may have screwed up the first time around. You know, I think. Mm-hmm um with them uh getting back to it for a second time that's also kind of in their favor versus this young cincinnati team that you know they're definitely playing with house money it feels like um (laughs) but but i i I mean i'm just glad that we're not talking about a niners somebody else super bowl because i just felt like that would be uh very anticlimactic to the this season but i think Mm -hmm. we're in for a good game but i think ultimately i think the rams will win it i think they can cover um if it's at four and a half or four um i'm leaning that way right now so uh, we will see. Let's dive into uh, these categories. Some of these, again, are kind of off the wall nuts, Some of, the, uh, but some of them are fancy relevant, so we'll cover these. Uh, first one is QB passing yards. We're the league leader in passing yards. Uh, you and I both went with Dak Prescott, my boy, um, who, un, un, you know, who would have guessed the Cowboys defense would have actually been uh, at least Micah, mediocre or better at times. Your boy, Mike. <laughs> dude, he's, Micah is... I was I doubted that pick. I was I was more pissed. I think because they didn't land a Never. corner and they wanted Sertan. It felt like it kind of felt like uh, Dallas Goddard again. Like how like Eagles moved up and and it took Goddard ahead of the Cowboys and it felt like they didn't know what to do and they like kind of freaked out. Like I felt like they didn't expect 
uh, Horn and Sertan to go right in front of him. And then they like traded back. And I'm like, damn you. And But Micah Parsons was a beast. Dallas defense was pretty solid all the way around despite injuries. And Dak was not having to put up those big time numbers like he did the year before. Um, the winner, that was Tom Brady, uh, the, uh, now re- the, the, the twice retired Tom Brady, uh, who put up, uh, 5,316 yards. Shout out to Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, with that, uh, final passing total. But, uh, what, what surprised you there, uh, just in passing yards? Is it just that Brady's forever ageless, no matter if he's playing or not, or, or just the, the lack of what we saw from Dak Prescott, uh, this season? Yeah, um, man, I w- I was really on Tom Brady all off season. I don't know why I didn't pick him. <laughs> <Not> looking <laughs> back on it, you're probably just trying to be nice. You're like, this is this is asshole Cowboys fan. Let me hang out. I guess I'll be nice to him before he starts talking about more Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. I was all in on Tom Brady. Like I took him in the first round of Scott Fishbowl, and that wasn't like his ADP. I think yeah, I took him at like QB five or six, and you know I was. I was definitely in on Tom Brady and the weapons that he had. So, man, I'm kind of mad at myself for not picking that. But um, it de- the Cowboys season definitely was surprising, not because of how successful they were, but just in the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the the defense being as good as they were really helped out the team from a football standpoint. Um, you guys also were able to rely on Zeke and Pollard as a duo uh, to you know win games on the ground and not so much. Uh, having to rely on Dak Prescott like he did in 2020 for the five games that Dak was healthy for, so we didn't we didn't get to see Dak ball out um, a whole heck of a lot, and that you know cascaded down to Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper not having fantastic fantasy seasons, at least you know with their expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I mean, just so many weapons, but still, like Dak, Dak didn't just he just didn't have to throw as yeah. much which just kind of affected everything. <laughs> so I, I have two questions for you. This will put you on the spot because we literally, other than me putting this together, we're just we're just hanging out talking football for a bit. So I'll put you on the spot here. As a non-biased Cowboys fan, uh, I got two. So the first one is, how are you, what are you doing with Zeke? Like, do you, is this a guy that like, hey, if you're a contender, this is something to go get because he's a good enough piece for 2022? Or are you just like, I don't, I'm, I'm hands off. I'm on the Pollard train. What's your thoughts on this Cowboys backfield moving forward? Uh, I'm, I've been approaching it as kind of hands off, not because I'm on the Pollard train or like, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those guys that values Pollard over Zeke. I just don't really want the situation in general. I, I view him kind of like how I view Aaron Jones as well. Um, just because, um, well, I mean, Aaron Jones, like I see Dylan overtaking Jones Mm -hmm. plus Jones's contract is really iffy as well, but Zeke was really touchdown dependent this year. He was really good. Like, rushing the ball and got um, the receptions as well. But yeah, I just, you know, every single year he just, he just doesn't seem like he's Zeke. Like you can like actually see with your eyes that he is not the same player. Mm. And uh, he was playing through, what was it like a torn M- MCL or something like that? Yeah. Or, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like all year. And man, like I just, I think that he is just a player that I don't really want to bet on and I, I'm okay being wrong on that mm-hmm. um, for however long that he continues to be good for fantasy uh, if yeah. he continues. And I just am not really touching it. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there as well. So I, I, but, and I've said on the show already, but like, I just feel I, as much as I love Zeke and, and I, he's going to be on the Cowboys next year. Like there that's his, his contract's ridiculous. He's not yeah. going anywhere, 
But I just think you meant you hit the nail right on the head. Touchdown dependent for sure. And we've seen those down years from him in the past where you just get six TDs and you're like, but the yardage was there. I think now the efficiency just isn't where it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And Pollard should get a little bit more run. But I, I agree. I'm not like necessarily in on one or the other. I'm just kind of hands off. Uh, second question before we move on to the next category. <clears throat> I have this I have this unhealthy love for CeeDee Lamb still. Um, you know, he was obviously hyped up a lot this offseason. Mm-hmm didn't necessarily produce at the level that people were hoping um, still super young, still going to be paired with deck Prescott, at least for the next uh, three seasons to, based off of his fifth year option, more than likely being picked up based off his initial performance here. Uh, where are you putting CD lamb a young amongst the, the young wide receivers? I know obviously we got Jamar chase. You have Justin Jefferson lamb was in that group for me before the season started with Jefferson. Now he's kind of maybe taking a step back for some people. What's your thoughts on, on lamb as far as his dynasty value? Yeah, he's fallen down for sure, um, just because he hasn't met those expectations in the first two years. And that's not not to say that he can't, but it's just like wide receiver 25 last year, wide receiver 20 this past year. Um, you know, it's just it's not where you want it to be. Mm-hmm. The targets aren't really there. Um, and even though he led the team in targets, it was still only at 120. You know, you, you can't get to top five fantasy wide receiver on 120 targets unless you have like, 13 or more touchdowns like AJ <laughs> Brown did, you know, that, uh, like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so hard to be there on the volume that he has had over the past couple of years. And I don't really know why that would go away. I mean, they have Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. they have Dalton Schultz, Zeke and Pollard out of the backfield combined for like another 120. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Gallup may or may not be gone. If he's there, that's another guy. If not, Cedric Wilson did really well as that wide receiver three as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't see why he would become the alpha on a team with so many other really good options as well. Um, so he, I have dropped him down, but um, he's kind of where like DJ Moore would be, you know, like right there, like a really freaking good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. It's just the, it, all the pieces just haven't been put in place yet. Yeah. Um, and it might be hard to predict that they eventually will, but he's still going to be really good um, and put him, you know, Terry McLaurin would kind of be in that range as well, just to kind of readjust our expectations for CD lamb leads us to hopefully no future disappointment and actually properly values him to where, you know, if he were to have a wide receiver one season, we would be really happy with him. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, uh... Unfortunately, like I think the biggest thing is the volume, you know, so I, yeah. I've had to try to dial my expectations back and, and, you know, it's tough. He's only going in his third year. But like when you see what Jamar Chase did this year and what Justin Jefferson's done for two straight years coming into the league, it's like yeah, he's just not there. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I had him in that realm before. But, right. uh, you know, we'll see. There are some potential free agent moves that as far as people leaving that offense. But we've seen that they spread the ball around. I mean, even Cooper isn't. You know, he hadn't been getting those alpha targets that you need to that you, you need to see for fantasy to put a guy in a top five. So just didn't see that step this year. But um, that will be a team to keep an eye on, I think, from an offense perspective. I think that one's going underneath the radar just a bit. There's a few free agents, so we'll see who they retain. Um, and they don't really have the depth there um, because mm-hmm. Wilson's a free agent, too. So said Wilson, Gallup injured and a free agent. And Schultz is actually a free agent, too. Um, so we'll see what they uh, what they pull off there. But um anyway back to qbs uh so i took out the top names here i lopped off kyler murray lamar jackson and josh allen to see who was gonna have the most 
QB rushing touchdowns on the year. Um, I said Taysom Hill because I was being a smart ass uh, on the podcast. <laughs> and he ended up with five uh, and then got hurt. And then, uh, but you, Addison, you went with Justin Fields, uh, who had two rushing touchdowns, didn't have the season you wanted. But you did mention on the show, you even said it, you're like, I didn't want to go with a chalk pick like Jalen Hurts, who actually was the <laughs> league leader uh, with 10 rushing touchdowns, even if you include those other guys I took out of the uh, of the equation. And actually, Ryan Tannehill was with uh, seven touchdowns was second, um, if I got that right in my notes here. So, um, yeah, a lot little surprises there at the top, but um we talked about hurts what's your thoughts on fields uh didn't really get the starts we were hoping to get the number you were looking for but what's your thoughts on justin fields heading into year two no matt naggy is my <laughs> those are my thoughts um yeah i mean i listened to the show as well uh and cringing at everything that i said um but i really hope that all the stuff that i was optimistic for for justin fields last year carries over to 2022 in a new offense, giving him a fresh start and stuff. And, you know, sometimes you can worry about the coaching personnel or the coaching staff changing, um, you know, rapidly for rookie quarterbacks and they have to learn, learn new systems. And that's a lot like they tried to learn one thing the previous year, they're learning a whole new thing. This, you know, this new year, Baker Mayfield like suffered greatly from that uh, for the first couple of years of his career as well. But I think this is a positive for Justin Fields, obviously to move away from Matt Nagy and hopefully now this offense can be more tailored to him because it, it did feel like the bears, even though they went with Justin Fields, um, it felt like kind of like what you said with the Niners, where it was like, it never really seemed like he was their starter. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost felt like Nagy was waiting for an opportunity to put Dalton back in. So he never really gave the reins to Justin Fields. Um, but we saw those splash plays come through. I mean, he put up a, a hell of a game against my Steelers uh, over that second half. And I've, I've seen some, I've seen him do some ridiculous throws. He had that one touchdown run where man, he like ran away from like seven defenders. It felt like in the backfield and then just eventually dove into the end zone and like, Holy crap, like the athleticism and the splash plays that we saw from him, I hope really translate. And maybe the rushing touchdowns don't come there. Um, but I think that that mobility that is there kind of helps propel him to being a good quarterback in the NFL and then be good for fantasy. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping so. Uh, I, him being on the bears is always is tough because organization has been a joke, uh, honestly, to, for, uh, at the punchline for a, a lot of people. But, uh, like you said, no naggy there. Hopefully they can bring somebody in get this kid, the offense that he needs, um, in order to be productive for them, but also for fantasy. Cause, uh, I, I do think at this point, you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm testing the waters on him right now. If I, if he's not on my team, just trying to see, you know, what can, if I can, if I can withstand a, uh, a 2022 season where I'm not having to count on him, but I can acquire him for a little bit cheaper. Uh, his price tags obviously dropped since last season. Cause if we don't see that instant return, you know, we're just trying to cash out. Sure. Uh, so I'm trying to see if that owner's getting a little bit worried, but uh, I'm, I'm holding out hope. I'm with you. Uh couple more quarterback ones here most interceptions uh the uh the league leader with 17 it was actually a tie was matthew stafford and trevor lawrence uh with 17 uh and i predicted trevor lawrence have the most ints imagine that rookie qb that just gonna have to chuck it so i got one uh feeling good (laughs) about that um but i like i liked yours too you you picked sam darnold you trashed him 
You told everyone he was going to suck, and he did. Uh, I had him in some super flex leagues. I counted on him. That was a disgrace. Uh, but Sam Darnold had he was had 13 picks. Um, but I even did the math for you on interceptions per game because he was injured. He was second. Uh, he had more than one interception mm-hmm. per game. So I'm still gonna I'm still gonna give you some props there on trying to divert <laughs> everyone from Sam Darnold. That's all right with you. <laughs> yeah. No, that would be that'd be fantastic. I think any any advice that um, is along the lines of don't have Sam Darnold on fantasy is uh is pretty sound advice <laughs> yeah I, and i think that i mean we did, we kind of read a lot of few qb situations carolina is another one like you know you have the dj Moore jersey behind you i have a lot of dj Moore shares if that dude could ever score more than four touchdowns that would be freaking awesome um right. i couldn't believe the target number he had like when i looked back at his stats at the end of the, i was like holy crap like this dude <laughs> like like we just why doesn't why isn't this following why isn't the production following the opportunity, the, the talent that we know, but the quarterback situation is just, uh, it's been rough. And they, they had, um, they, uh, they fired their OC before the season even ended. So it's going to be a new kind of regime on that offensive side of the ball, I guess. But um, yeah, they but, got uh, uh, Ben McAdoo. Yes. Yeah. Which I, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, not, that wasn't what I necessarily was looking for, but um, you know, I don't think it's that bad. I made a YouTube short saying that it's not as bad as what people think it is. So there you go. See, you're uh, some content man right here, throwing it back out there. Um, we'll keep this moving. QB spikes. This one was was a was a hotly debated uh, <laughs> category. You and uh, you went with Justin Herbert, who had a grand total of one spike. Uh, I went with old Dan Jones, who also had one spike on the season. I even tried to see if I combined Mike Lennon spikes in there. If that helped, that didn't matter. Um, so we're, we're sitting there with one. Uh, but the league leaders, in case anybody wants to know, it was a tie between Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff with five spikes. So, um, yeah, in case you're in a points per spike league next year, make sure you get those guys. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I don't know what else can be deemed from that. But I no. uh, uh, pro football reference, if anybody wants to find the spike stats, that's where I found it. <laughs> Um, all right, maybe a little bit of a better conversation here. Running back time, total touchdown leaders. Uh, on the season, the winner here, the result, Jonathan Taylor, no surprise. Uh, and Austin Eckler, 20 touchdowns. They tied uh, for total touchdowns. Um, uh, Addison, you went with CMC, uh, which uh, I thought was an excellent <laughs> prediction <laughs> at the time. And I went with Aaron Jones. I thought it was maybe a sneaky one. He only, Jones ended up with 10 touchdowns. CMC obviously just played you know, less than half the year and had two total touchdowns. So mm-hmm. uh, any thoughts on either Jones or CMC there, as far as those being our predictions, but just came up short. <sighs> Dude, if we ever get a full like 15 games of CMC ever again, it would just be so amazing. Yeah. Fantasy football is so much better when Christian McCaffrey's putting up 30 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that sucks. Uh, Aaron <laughs> Jones. I, I mean, I kind of said that in the, in the Zeke thing, you know, it just, mm-hmm. He's he's been a sell for me in Dynasty for a few months now just because of the usage. His contract is not good either. It's very team-friendly. They can cut him after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, A.J. Dillon just takes over more and more rushing work. Jones is still the guy when they get down into the red zone, and he's still the pass catcher. Um, and and still, like, athletically and visually, still looks very good. It's just really, like, weird usage for him that we don't yeah. necessarily love for fantasy um but i mean the, the, he had 10 touchdowns which is fantastic so obviously he was doing something right um and was still good for fantasy this year i just i'm 
worried about the longevity. Yeah, I had Aaron and Jones. This was a guy that changed pretty quick for me as far as the the thoughts on him. I at the end of the year, uh, he was a guy that uh, we did a ward show, and he was kind of a guy that I had kind of dog-eared as like, I think I this is my final ride with Aaron Jones. It is in twenty twenty one. Um, I did not like how the split was at the end of the year. Um, I think him being involved in the passing game should help him, mm-hmm. um, you know, be fantasy relevant in 2022. But I th- just think his days as a top 12 potential guy, um, even if Rodgers comes back, is just off the table. Um, Ten of those touchdowns, six were receiving. So I, I still think he can be startable for sure. Um, but I just think, you know, I had him more as like, hey, this guy's a, you know, he's as much of a bell cow as you're going to get these days. Him involved in the passing game is great. He has that skill. But if A.J. Dillon's taking the goal line looks a little bit more like we saw in that second half and seeing, you know, even split on or close to it on the ground, then that scares me a bit. Um, so sure. we'll see. Hopefully I'm wrong. I like what I, I like Aaron Jones a lot. And this is coming from the uh, Jamal Williams guy when these guys were drafted. So uh, <laughs> that was stupid. Um, that's worse than taking uh, A.J. Green over Mike Cooper. So um, at least you aren't known for that. But. It's all right. Um, you could have been you could have been on the Trey Sermon over Elijah Mitchell train like 95% oh, of those people out there. Dude, I I this is how fun Dynasty, Dynasty will kick you right in the balls plenty of times because I picked up I had Trey Sermon like two leagues. I got him like right a li- with the draft like it was, he was getting hyped, but he wasn't like the peak of his hype yet, right? So I had him. I got him for like a late first or an early second, even in some one QB leagues, whatever. And I was getting peppered with offers and I'm like, no, nah, man, I am going to, I'm not cashing out just yet. <laughs> nah, I'm going to like, I'm going to see how this, I'm going to get him, you know, at the peak and then I'm going to cash out. Little did I know that was the peak. That, that was, was it. The- like I tried in the one team I had him on, especially I was trying, I thought it was a contender enough. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I tried seeing if I could move someone for anything. Like I was literally looking for like just an injury replacement fill in for a flex. And no one wanted them. Like no one even wanted to dabble in that junk. I was like, yeah, I, I regret that. Yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was that was rough. Uh, luckily, I I didn't have too many redraft shares, but those dynasty ones, they, they, it got me. That rookie hype, it got me for sure. <laughs> um, all right, next one here. CMC. This, this one was. I think the next two here are kind of quirky. Um, CMC, man. CMC receptions or. Derrick Henry receptions times four. Uh, so Derrick Henry had 18 receptions, which he was actually, he was on pace. I think his career has 19. Um, yeah. And he had 18 receptions in just the eight games or whatever he played. Yeah. So he was, oh, it was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I loved it as a, as a Derrick Henry fantasy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it was, it was definitely just, I think JT year was awesome, but like, I think it overshadowed just, how damn good Derrick Henry's year was until that injury. And mm-hmm. it just, that that's obviously just crushed fantasy teams. But uh, as far as this category goes, Derrick Henry, 18 receptions um, times four, 72 uh, and CMC only had 37 receptions in his seven ish games there. So you and I both predicted CMC. What? He had 37? Uh, um, he had 37 catches. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I know, dude. Chris he was on Caffrey's so good. He was on pace, he was on pace for 89 catches, which is actually down for him. <laughs> yeah. What but, the heck, man? I know. And I I don't I don't know how many games he completed. Like I think I when I was looking, I think he played seven games. I, I completed he was like probably injured in like half of them. Yeah. So yeah. um 
CM, I mean, any, any, I mean, for me, the takeaway is like CMC is a freaking beast. And like you said, if we just get freaking, I mean, I take 13 games from him, you know, and, and oh I feel gosh. like as long as those games include three games at the end of the year, I'm probably looking pretty damn good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I just, I don't know, man. I mean, are, are you, are you trying to, like, are you going to do this one more year with him? Mm-hmm. Or yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. In uh, dynasty, I'm a little scared sure. uh, just because if it happens again, we're like, <laughs> People would start saying the na- the word like Todd Gurley if it happens mm-hmm. again, and I'm just you know that when that happens, the community is really gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in redraft, I am so in on it again. Like I'm gonna be out of here picking him top five. <laughs> just yeah, because, like <laughs> dude, like when he's in, when he plays a whole game. Mm-hmm. I remember the first game he came back, he was the RB one on the week, and he mm-hmm. didn't score a touchdown. He scored yeah. like 27 fantasy points. I'm like, what? What are you like? He's like 10 yeah. for 100 and uh receiving, which yep. is like 20 fantasy points there. Then he's got like another like 13 for 70 rushing yards. You're like, what are you even doing? Yep. Yeah, I'm that, totally, I'm totally gonna be in on him as another top five option again next year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. You have to, I think you have to, like you have to go for it because especially in redraft, like if you you have to take the shot, you know, and yeah. if you if you fail, you know, uh it is what it is. But like I don't there's no reason to like half like half commit you know yeah. uh so for me I, i'm gonna be back on cmc again if there's enough angry mog people out there that push him into round you know end around one i'm Dude, are you kidding me a, like if he's a back end first rounder even a second rounder holy yeah. crap dude. yeah so uh, i'm gonna give him another pass at least for redraft dynasty i don't think his value's fallen enough where i'm gonna be like buying him because it, it is risky mm-hmm. but like the problem is i don't feel it, there's a lot of good young running backs, but I don't feel like there's been that huge wave of that. I would have like hoped, I guess. Like, I think it's still kind of debatable. Like kind of that old guard a little bit with like kind of cook Kamara's getting up there a little bit. CMC is obviously a little bit older, Derek Henry. And like, then you have like maybe the acres or Dobbins CEH hasn't really done it. You know, like, like, yeah, like that, you know, you kind of still have, you know, JT's up there Najee Swift for me. Like those guys have kind of leapfrogged and they're out there in their own kind of little world. But like, I just I wish there was like three or four more names that could kind of scoot in there like that haven't yet. So like CMC's kind of riding in that that front of that tier of old and mm-hmm. younger guys that haven't emerged. So I'm trying to I don't know. We'll see. I haven't owned enough CMC uh in fantasy before, so like I want to have him on my team a couple more times and hope it yeah. hits, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, it's great. So uh two more well we got a few more running back ones here. We'll go through these next ones these next two pretty quick. Uh, just for the, because we did them. Uh, the next one was a crazy ass math equation that I came up with. It really wasn't that crazy, but it was stupid. I don't know what, how this is fancy relevant, but uh, it was Derek Henry's rushing attempts plus his receiving yards as one, or the rushing yards for the, the leader on the Houston Texans at running back. Uh, so this one probably would have been a landslide um, uh, for Derek Henry. Because in in half the season, he had 219 attempts, which is just freaking unbelievable. He had 154 receiving yards. So that was three. So that totaled 373. Um, The corpse of Rex Burkhead came on in the second half and rushed for 427 yards. So technically, Addison, you were were correct. The Houston Texans running back was the correct answer here. Um, And unfortunately for the two of us, it was not named Philip Lindsay. Uh, Cause we oh, talked about that on the preseason yeah. show. <laughs> you can Rex Burkhead. Yeah. But uh, so that one is what it is. Take what you need there. And then uh, running back with the longest rush. Um, 
our predictions here. I had Miles Gaskin for whatever reason. His longest rush was 30 yards. Uh, your prediction was Raheem Mostert, which was very sound. The dude's got some wheels. His he had 20 total yards on the year uh, with his two rushing attempts. So, dude, he's his he's probably the leader in yards per carry, huh? In, I would think so. <laughs> he had, his longest rush was 11, so he, uh, yeah, average 10 yards a carry. Um, the answer there was Jonathan Taylor, that 83 yard rush sure, um, this season. So there you go. Which I don't even uh, think was a touchdown. Was that even a touchdown? I. Don't remember. It, Actually, that, now that you mentioned it, a reception. he had he had a long like he had that long touchdown run to close out that primetime game. That was um, only I but think, that like wasn't eighty three yards. I yeah, 60s. I think you may be right. I, I'm I think I'm I'm gonna go back and figure it out after the show because I think you might be right. Yeah. It might not even been a touchdown, which is kind of hilarious. But I heard some crazy stat from the fantasy footballers that Jonathan Taylor was tackled inside the five like seventeen or 18 times <laughs> on a drive that didn't end in Jonathan Taylor scoring a touchdown. Oh, really? Holy crap. That, yeah. that would, I mean, even if it's half of that, I mean, are you kidding me? Like the dude, we said it, he led the running back. He was tied with Eckler with 20 yeah. total touchdowns. That's unreal. And like he like could have had the opportunity to be like double that based yeah. on how many times he was tackled inside the five. That's, that's great. That's crazy. And it's, it's not like one of those, Melvin Gordon ones were like back when he was on the Chargers, that dude, they'd give him four attempts. Like once they got within like the three, like mm-hmm. first down, they're like handoff, he just stuff, stuff, stuff. And on fourth down, like, okay, Melvin, one more time and he'd get in. <laughs> um, and that's how he ended up with double did touchdowns every year because they literally didn't care. They just like, here you go. But yeah. apparently, JT, I mean, who knew that there was more touchdown upside there after 20 TDs? <laughs> um, this one's a little bit more fantasy relevant. So we'll dive into this one in the running back spot. The top three running backs in rushing first downs. So I any opportunity I can say, if you can add rushing first down, like first down points per first down to your league, do it. I freaking love it. It just makes the game more fun too. It gives more value to those rushes or first or catches whatever that actually produce first downs. There's my commercial. Um, but the top three uh, running backs in f- first downs, uh, the uh, the finishers were Jonathan Taylor by a ton. Uh, had 107 rushing first uh, uh, rushing first downs. Kendall Gibson at six, 65. Najee Harris had 62. Um, you and I both said the obvious picks uh, or pick of Derrick Henry, which would have been on here if he didn't get hurt. Uh, we both said Zeke, and then you had Dalvin Cook, and I did throw Jonathan Taylor out there. I got I got lucky at least hitting on one of those. Um, but, uh, yeah, any, any, any takeaways there or just, you know, anything you want to gush about it with points for first down either, either way is fine. <laughs> uh, points for first down is fantastic. Yeah, okay, absolutely. <laughs> um, that's, that's a great way to play. And I love, um, I was introduced to that in Scott Fishbowl and mm-hmm. I've loved it ever since. So oh yeah, definitely consider adding that. Um, Antonio Gibson was second. Yeah, I was definitely surprised by that. Um, I did double check it, so hopefully I'm not wrong. Hopefully I didn't need to triple check it. But, I wonder if uh, that's just based on health, because a lot of running backs missed a decent amount of time. Yeah, I was def- I was surprised that he was that far up there. Like Najee didn't surprise me, just based off of like his volume that he you know that he had mm-hmm. over the course of the year. But yeah, Gibson being number two definitely surprised me um, for for rushing first downs. I mean, there's a I mean, there's there's an over 40 first down gap between first and second on right. here. So it's definitely uh, um, it's definitely pretty wide between one and two. But uh, that was the one that jumped out to me. I was like, oh, I wouldn't have expected that. He's not a guy mm-hmm. that I would have predicted. You know, I think 
our thought process on Henry, Zeke, Taylor, Cook, like those, those kind of automatic, but I right. think it may come down just to other running back health, I guess. I didn't do it on a point, uh, what per game. So, right. So, hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, uh, you know, just as far as the running backs go, Jonathan Taylor obviously took home a lot of crowns here. Um, I think he's going to be the consensus one-on-one next season. There's a lot of guys I like though. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, as far as redraft goes, I guess, um, for dynasty, I wouldn't take him as the one-on-one, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely good to see him break out in year two here and he, he's definitely changed the, uh, the script on him real quick after, uh, just a few months. So. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers. Uh, this is my, this one is my favorite category. I, uh, this is wide receiver duo with the most fantasy points. Uh, the results, uh, the winner <laughs> was actually the Rams because Cooper cup is so freaking insane. He carried Van Jefferson's ass <laughs> to the number one spot with uh 607 fantasy points total. Um, so the top five behind, so behind the Rams at number one was the Vikings, Bengals, uh, 49ers, uh, Debo, and then Tampa Bay, which I, I thought they, they would have ended a little bit higher if Godwin wouldn't have got hurt, um, on there, but Rams, Vikings, Bengals, 49ers, and Bucks. Um, you and I picked the top two, uh, mm-hmm. you had Minnesota. I picked the Rams. I picked it because I thought it would be Robert Woods, um, and Cooper cup. Yeah, uh, but we did we did that we did that one some some justice there. So any any takeaways on those duos? Any surprises either in or out of that top five? I was trying to see um, where Cooper Cup would have been just by himself. <laughs> uh, I have the I have the number. Where did he go? I, oh. I, he's he's probably like four yeah four thirty nine on his own. That would have been he would have been tenth by himself. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah, he had more points. Then he had more. He had more points than a duo. So this is just the top two on the team. And so Tyreek. So Kansas City, Dallas, um, the Panthers, Raiders. That was though he was above those guys. Those guys were tenth through thirteenth or so. So wow. by himself, he was tenth. So he was above the. Imagine at the beginning of the year, just telling somebody that Cooper Cup is going to outscore both Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb <laughs> by himself. No. No Imagine chance. saying that. Yeah, that I, wild, I was dude. blown away by that. I, I like when I when I saw my prediction was the Rams. I was like, dang, you know, like I, you know, I felt like that was good, you know. But when I and then when I like totaled up, I'm like, oh, I actually got this, which <laughs> was just crazy. Um, actually, the did I sell the number here? He they because of Cup Minnesota being second, they How were as a duo. They were seventy seven points behind the Rams. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> just crazy, <laughs> crazy, absolutely nuts. I mean, part of that too, I think is like Thielen, you know, missing some time, um, sure. you know, on that, but like absolutely insane how good Cooper cup was this year. I mean, I don't know what else to really say about that man at this point. It's every single week. It's just nuts, man. I wonder, <laughs> um, like if you, that probably looks even worse too. Like if you say like, Robert Woods's points and then OBJ's points like after he joined the Rams because they were basically kind of like the same player. Yeah. Um, that would probably look even way worse. They'd probably yeah. be over 700. Yeah, because uh, Woods was <laughs> Woods was at 15 points per game um, in his. So if we'll just do some. I got I'm gonna, I got my Excel here. So uh, we'll do 
uh, Woods versus Cut. If we just if we just added Woods points per game, um, let's just use that. That would have been yeah, like it has uh, to be extra at least a hundred or so. Oh yeah, it was. It's an almost another ninety points um, on top of that. If Woods would have stayed on his points <laughs> per game pace, which is just freaking nuts. Um, oh, that, that's insanity. Almost seven hundred points if it would have been Roberts Woods uh, pace plus Cooper Cup. I mean, ridiculous. Hmm. So. Um, but I think usual, I mean, some of the things weren't too surprising. I mean, Minnesota, the duo there, obviously led by, um, uh, Jefferson, but Cincinnati, I think that's the one where I'm like, if I could have put an early bet for next year, like I'm going to bet on the Bengals, um, because I love sure. T Higgins, you know, and it's already yeah. easy to love Jamar chase. So, um, that's, that's where I would lean, but I, I thought we did pretty good there. We, we, uh, I'll, I'll give us that one. <laughs> one and two. I mean, we yeah. did pretty well. <laughs> Not too bad uh rookie wide receivers uh so we went with the most fancy points rookie wide receiver neither of us went the chalk pick that probably was i guess i don't know hopefully when we're getting wrapped up in the jamar chase can't see footballs um because he was the leader he was the number five wide receiver in all fantasy number one rookie wide receiver with 304 points um our guess is uh i just i guess jalen waddle who had 245 points was wide receiver 13 you cheated two, right? and, and said uh, he was number two on the rookies. Yeah. You cheated and said Kyle Pitts, um, who had really 176. Cheat I, <laughs> you cheated it, the wrong way. <laughs> when it bombs that hard, did I, did I really cheat? <laughs> so, uh, but still solid fantasy production all the way around. Pitts had one touchdown. I mean, that, I know. that's not going to happen again. So um, just any thoughts on those young guys? Like we, we kind of hyped, we were on, we were hyping Elijah Moore on that show too. Mm-hmm. Um, his points per game was really solid. Uh, so it was good. I think again, just, you know, it was good to see those rookies all, you know, come out have some really good performances. Um, but you were a big Kyle Pitts fan. So are you like, what's your thoughts after his rookie season here after, uh, impressive stats, just the, the fantasy numbers weren't necessarily there because of the touchdowns. Yeah, it was entirely the touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, which I'm hoping. I mean, I I would bet that he has more than one next year. Um, I remember <laughs> yeah, good, the first. I think that's solid. That is probably a good bet. <laughs> um, I remember watching a few of those games at the beginning of the year, and like Matt Ryan would just target him like two or three times every game, and it would just like sail over his head, mm-hmm. or like he would he would be running like a crossing route through the end zone and it would just be like just ahead of him to where like he had to make some crazy catch to get it. Um, and he, and he wasn't able to bring it in and stuff. And yeah, man, it's those touchdowns. Cause I mean, if you give him, you know, four more touchdowns, he's over 200 points mm-hmm. and that's still only five, which mm-hmm. I think is still pretty low for him. Like I was thinking he'd be up more in the closer to double digits, if not like eight, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. just because of how huge he is, how athletic he is, how many targets he was going to get, um, which he did ended up getting. And I'm still on the Kyle Pitts train. Um, his dynasty value obviously hasn't dropped at all because it's Kyle Pitts. Yeah. But I'm hoping that the redraft value will drop, and I'd, I'd be in on that again. I mean, obviously, looking back on it, um, every Kyle Pitts league that I took him in, I passed on Mark Andrews for. So that obviously was a horrible decision. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, him versus like TJ Hawkinson wasn't really a bad decision. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you could say, well, you should have taken Gronk. You should have taken taken um, yeah. Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz or whatever. <laughs> but like if Pitts slides down and he's like a borderline tight end one, uh, or like a borderline top ten tight end and redraft next year, I'll be all in on him again. 
Yeah, I think um, I, I think if anything, his dynasty value probably shot up, <laughs> in my opinion, because like for me, when I'm looking at the, you kind of have the older guys, you know, and and Andrews, you know, isn't he's a little bit younger than like Gronk and and uh, Kittle and Waller, right. but like for me, Hawkinson not taking that step, I'm like, oh my god, like who the hell do we have at this position anymore? You know, like mm-hmm. you know, you could be, you, you obviously know, I think what you're getting from those vet guys, but then beyond, you know, you're talking even two years. Like you, you could be staring down. This position could look really freaking gross. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, like I, I, uh, I know that on the war zone, the guys, I know Memphis, I think he put, <clears throat> I think he put Gasicki and like tight end six in his, his rankings. And I'm like, yeah, I Donner get it. Like he had some big there. flashes. He's super talented, but like in, you know, their games in Miami where they were just like, you know, go sit down, get the hell out of here. Like what, like you just stare, like, is he even in the game? No, he's on the bench. He plays half the snaps because the dude doesn't block. Um, so I think with Pitts though, man, I, I was encouraged by what I saw. I will not be helping you get Kyle Pitts outside the top, top six, because I have as my tight end two for next year in redraft. Um, I think I, I'm in, I love the volume, the touchdowns will come. Um, and just some of the things that I saw from, uh, you know, from the question marks with Kittle with a quarterback, Mark Andrews, his points per game skyrocketed without Lamar Jackson. What happens when Lamar comes back? Um, does that balance out somewhere in the middle? Uh, and then Waller, you know, a lot of question marks there with the new regime coming in. The two touchdowns, you know, was was kind of tough. And I like Waller a ton, but I think mm-hmm. Pitts' upside is going to be way up there. And I'm getting one of those guys I just mentioned, no matter what. I'm not leaving my draft without a tight end uh, right. anymore. Uh, I'm done with the whole that streaming thing for now um, until it becomes only Kyle Pitts by himself, like in three years, and there's no other tight ends. You know, like, I don't need just Kyle Pitts, but um, I'm in on it. So we'll, we'll see, man. But year two, better days ahead for Kyle Pitts. So I'm here for it. I'm all here for it. <laughs> uh, uh, last uh, wide re- – oh, wait, two more wide receiver ones. These will be quick. League leader in receiving yards. Uh, it was obviously Cooper Cup who had 1947. Uh, he had 331 more receiving yards than second place, uh, which was Jamar was Jeff- Jefferson was second. It was, it was Jefferson? Okay. Yeah. About yep. so. so Cup, obviously monster. You and I both predicted the same player. It was Calvin Ridley, uh, <laughs> who hopefully will be back to football next year um, because that was disappointing. Um, I love watching that kid play and – he it was an injury it was obviously personal stuff and the reports are now that he might not be in atlanta next year mm-hmm. so another name to watch um on that front uh but yeah i don't i don't know uh i don't know what i don't i can't it's hard to give advice on calvin ridley because it's like man it it could be you, you just don't you have no idea it's not like always come back from an injury right? right like the guy is just trying to take care of himself um what you should uh, but like now you don't know where he's even going to be next year, which could be good or bad, depending on how you feel about that Falcon situation. But yeah, I know I was in a hold pattern on him a lot. Cause the, what people were offering me for Calvin Ridley was just insulting. Right. Right. right <laughs> I was right. like, forget it. I know, you know, I don't, I don't need Robbie Anderson. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and pass on that trade offer. Uh, so, but, um, anyway, I, I don't know what, else needs to be said there but we got uh we'll just move to the next one. wide receiver with the highest a dot you know that's what i'm all about those advanced stats uh minimum 25 targets i think maybe i set the minimum too low i don't know um because i literally when i sorted it by the like i didn't have to exclude anybody um but uh the uh the league leader in average uh depth um was uh deshaun jackson was on his 34 targets was at 19 yards 
the top five, I got this for all of you interested. Uh, it was Deshaun Jackson at 19, uh, MVS at 17.9, Henry Ruggs at just under 17 uh, on the 36 targets he had, Sutton at 15 and a half, and then Donald Peoples-Jones tied with Sutton as, as well at 15 and a half. Um, my prediction was Gabe Davis, uh, which I accidentally should have saved Gabe Davis for the category of who's going to score four receiving touchdowns in a playoff game, <laughs> but I screwed that up. Um, but you had, you had Henry Ruggs. So your thought process, uh, I think on that one was right, but, um, I don't know. Did anything to take away from that or is this just not helpful from a fancy perspective? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, when you when you look at the top five, with four of those names being players that you might you're probably not playing at all mm-hmm. in yeah. Djax and MBS and obviously Rugs, but yeah. uh, and then Donovan Peoples Jones. Uh yeah, that's just that's just <laughs> the nature of that A dot stat right there. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely think uh, when people throw that out there, it's like it it only matters if it's too low. <laughs> Right. You know, yeah. like, you know, that that'll carry a bit. And I, you know, I think you're going to hear that uh, Jalen Waddle tied to it, that a dot stat all off season for whatever reason. I mean, I don't whatever. care a whole lot, but either. that's, I, I've heard people give that as a negative to him, uh, you know, in one year. Um, but uh, anyway, that, yeah, like that his was, other, uh, like 110 receptions, <laughs> like weren't, isn't a positive, you know, but no, no 6.6 yeah. a dot, you know, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh last two were tight end ones here total touchdowns for the top three which was kelsey kittle waller um the total ended up being 18 travis kelsey carried 10 of those himself kittle and waller six and two um i would say respectfully but that really wasn't respectable um darren waller i'm looking at you um i guess 27 so i was way the hell off you guessed 23 so you were you were definitely closer there um but any any takeaways on that top three tight ends? Are those still your top three for next year, or does Kyle Pitts enter the conversation? Is Mark Andrews now in that tier? What's your thoughts at, at tight end heading into twenty twenty two? Yeah, Andrews is definitely going to bump up in there. I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I bet you I would probably have him ahead of Kittle and Waller, mm-hmm. um, because I still believe it. Like even though his stats got propped up by Huntley, like mm-hmm. he was still doing work with. Lamar Jackson, you oh, know, yeah. and he has been for sure. He's Lamar's guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely trust him to the point where I've even argued that there's a very strong argument for Mark Andrews to be the dynasty tight end one over Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. kind of depending on how you play. Sure. Um, so yeah, he he would definitely I don't know if I can put Pitts up there, maybe over Waller as well. Man, Waller was just disappointing. That yeah. sucked. I think I said, I I don't think I was too far off, honestly, because if I remember right, I think I said that I was banking on Kelsey getting to double digits and just hoping that Kittle and Waller kind of got six or seven each. Yep. And you're right there. Waller just, the touchdowns just disappeared Uh, on top of the injury. So I I feel like that was pretty close. Yeah. I mean, Hunter Renfro just stealing all these (laughs) touchdowns out here, you know. Duh, Addison. What the hell? (laughs) Uh, What are all those YouTube videos for if you're not predicting, you know, Hunter Renfro fantasy production? you know, in August, I mean, damn it. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I definitely, I think I still have Kelsey at the top for redraft, but I think sure. that tier now has expanded those couple names with Andrews. I'm putting pits in there. Um, and I, I just like for redraft, I like the upside of pitch just taking the shot on it with some of the other sure. question marks, but Andrews has definitely jumped into that group. I would love it if TJ Hawkinson took that step as well, but, um, and then, and then it's, it's your cliff diving a bit, um, depending on what, I mean, maybe Goddard, now that he's free of Ertz and what we saw there, but 
it's uh, it gets a little bit rough. So hopefully we'll see some better touchdown numbers from a few of these guys. Um, but uh, yeah, so good job there. 23 uh, was uh, was closest to the pin. And then the last one here was number of receptions for Kyle Pitts, our boy. Um, the uh, His total was 68 receptions. Nice minus one. Um, and we were really close on this number. I guess 67. So I was off by one uh, and you predicted 72. So right, right in that same ballpark. We were, so we were right uh, there. That was right on it. It <laughs> just, we just needed a few more touchdowns from the guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which, um, those 68 receptions was also disappointing considering the fact that he had 110 targets. This is 62% completion or catch rate. Yeah. Like that. I- I thought that when I looked at the number, because I usually look, I'm always looking at targets, and I just remember him being involved, you know, throughout the year. Right. But when I saw that, that it was only 68, and especially how that kind of stacks up in comparison, uh, it was like, oh, that really wasn't what we, what you would have hoped if someone said, hey, he's getting 100 plus targets, right? Yeah. Um, you would hope for a little bit more, but uh, you know, it's just the nature of that beast, I guess. And and who, and unfortunately, we'll never know what that offense would have been like in 2021 if calvin ridley was still there because right. i mean man it, they just they don't have anyone else there and russell gage is great and everything but like i don't think he's he's not helping kyle pitts a whole lot you know as far as if you got you know that solidified number one on the outside with ridley but um anyway yeah. so yeah good job there man I, I, overall i this is tough again i highly recommend everybody listen to this like do this yourself play along with us next year um when we uh, when we do this hopefully i'll have you back addison because we this is what at least two years running now um i think so that yeah, we've done this, this so mm-hmm. uh it's been a ton of fun but uh yeah overall man uh good job i appreciate you jumping on here having some fun going down memory lane as far as 2021 goes as mm-hmm. we're uh, approaching the super bowl here uh and then shifting into high gear into 2022 already but um be uh before we sign off one more time where can people just find your content and and everything so make sure that we're keeping up with you uh yeah uh, yeah amaze hayes underscore on twitter and then the dlf youtube channel um please subscribe if you are not because we're dropping it's it's dynasty so Mm -hmm. i know this this can be structured and tailored to a little bit of redraft people but if you're interested and are playing in dynasty um i would highly recommend checking out the channel just because of all the content that we're dropping not only from me, but from a lot of other uh, fantastic pl- people over on the DLF team and stuff. So um, we got content dropping Monday through Friday and now Monday through Saturday with Cal's new show, uh, which is super informative. And again, Matt Wallman will be on uh, that drops on Saturday. So you can awesome. check that one out. And he's going to have amazing guests uh, as well, moving out through the rest of the offseason. So DLF YouTube channel. All right. Uh, and and I will speak for the Warzone Network here that we would obviously endorse Addison. We know he's a good guy. So definitely check out their content. There's nothing wrong with subscribing to multiple channels here because we know you guys are already subscribed to the Warzone channel. But um, yeah, I appreciate mm-hmm. you coming on, Addison. You guys listening, uh, going to continue here on the Warzone Network, continue to drop content throughout the week leading up to the Super Bowl. On the SmackDown next week, we're going to have a little bit of fun um, with a lot of the network guys jumping on here. Uh, name still all TBD, but uh, we're gonna have at least two, three guys on here with me. I'm um, just hanging out, chatting a little bit before uh, Super Bowl Sunday. So looking forward to that. But um, until then, be sure you're making your following Addison on Twitter at Amaze underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Month Eight, and we'll check you guys out next week. See you then.